You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, or you can wait and get it late on podcast services across the galaxy every Friday. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And, whoa, weird. Did I almost forget my last name. You did, yeah. I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, and uh, uh, we took last week off. We kind of we, we we called an audible on that one, uh, and decided uh, that 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 we would skip it. Last what week. does what does call an audible mean? Call an audible is, is a football. This is so funny because I used that reference. I used that that phrase <laughs> with Crystal probably about three weeks ago, and she did the exact same thing that you did. She was like, "I don't know what that means," and I was like, "Okay, it's a football term. I uh, it's I uh, so so normally I I they, they decide the play before before they go into." the 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 whatever the lineup whatever i'm not a football guy right but you know what i mean when everybody like lines up to start the play right yes um they decide what like they've had their huddle and they've decided what play to play in that moment um calling an audible is exactly like it's an audible it's it's vocal so in like right before the play starts or or even in the midst of the play beginning um, you are, you're changing the play. So the idea there is like, let's say it's late in the game and you've, you've made the same play several times and, and, and the, the, the opposing team has got your number. Like they know what you're going to do, right? They've, right. they've figured out your playbook. They, they see you coming from a mile away. So you set up and, and so do they, because like you set up in your formation and they set up on the other side in their formation in order to counter it because they've got a play to counteract your play. Right. So calling an audible would be the quarterback saying, actually, everybody, we're going to do this instead in the midst of, of setting up or in the midst of the, like the beginning of that play and, and throwing off the opposing team because they're all ready to deal with X. And now you're going to give them Y. You really could have just said it's a football metaphor. Yeah. Like you really could (laughs) have, No, I appreciate the explanation. I learned more than no I had. No problem. I learned more knowledge than I had previously. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we it's, called it's, Nalabal. We did something that you didn't expect us to do. Yeah. Uh, well, we had said that we'd be back the next week, and then we, we decided that we, we were liars. back that week. Um, and and you know what? It's it's probably probably kind of for the best. I don't really think that there was a lot of news last week to talk about. Yeah. But there's um, tons of then, news this week. And then this week it was it was Comic Con at home last week. So, uh, and over the weekend. So, so there's actually quite a few things to talk about. I, yeah, here's, here's a couple of them that, that will just like kind of crank out a little bit quick. Star Trek Discovery, um, I, 
I watched that part of the Star Trek panel from Comic-Con at home last Thursday. Um, and then I tuned out for the rest of it cause it wasn't really that interesting, but, uh, but I did watch the, the discovery, uh, portion where they did a table read and then, and then they discussed season two and, uh, and going into season three and, and sort of what it means. Um, but I, I, it's interesting at, at the panel, they didn't announce when season three was coming. They just said they, as they've been saying, 2020, um, to today, this morning, they announced that it'll be back on October 15th. So for those of you who are not watching Star Trek Discovery, but do enjoy, uh, for example, the Star Trek movies, the, the J.J. Abrams, uh, uh, Kelvin timeline, um, Discovery is a little bit more in that vein, but it is actually a pretty good blend of that. And, um, and I would say next gen or Voyager more than original series, but because there's a little bit of like the sci-fi stuff, but it's much more focused on the characters and the ongoing dramatic aspect of it. Um, I like their interpersonal relationships and stuff. And this sort of like larger, it's a, it's a plot over the whole season instead of just one off episodes. Um, but they do have the sci-fi elements to it, um, where each episode will kind of dig into something. Um, I love it. I love the show. Season one was a little bit of a slow burn for me, but season two was fantastic all the way through. Um, and what they've set up for season three is awesome. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, so, I mean, that's basically all there is to say about Star Trek Discovery. You don't watch it, right? No, I had, I had sort of started the yeah. first season, but I haven't, no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't um, carried it all the way through. Another show that people are probably sleeping on that they shouldn't be. If you are a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender specifically, um, then you should be watching The Dragon Prince on Netflix. Um, and it's there are made three, in Vancouver. It's made in Vancouver. I, I, in, in, in fact, uh, we know a couple of people that uh, that work on it. In, yeah. in fact, people who are listening to this podcast are probably familiar with Andy Poon uh, from uh, over on Quiver. Uh, he worked uh, a lot on uh, on Arrow and The Flash, and uh, and uh, most recently was working on on Batwoman. I don't know if that if that's continuing. He probably still is working on Batwoman. Um, I should I should actually probably poke him and say, hey, what about that that uh, we haven't talked about that? Oh my goodness, we haven't talked about what? We haven't talked about the fact that Ruby Rose left Batwoman. Oh, what? Uh, and they we? recast. They didn't recast. They it's a new character. I thought we talked a little bit about we. I thought we talked about her leaving. Did we talk briefly about her leaving? It we haven't talked like about the new right about, when it happened, but we haven't talked about the new person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. that's. I think that's probably a whole topic, and and I, I want to save that for like when we actually see some of it. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But uh, yeah, I I. But Andy worked as a concept artist on uh, on Dragon Prince. He did some concept work there as well. So. Um, uh, and and uh, I do, do you know Jesse Inakala? Do you know him personally? Uh, He's sort of in the same circles really as we familiar. are, but um, I'm like a like acquaintances uh, with him. But uh, he plays one of my favorite character on the show, Soren, which yeah. is cool because he's sort of like a friend of a friend, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, obviously Dragon Prince is very uh, close to home for us, but uh, but it is a great show. And, uh, and it just got, they announced on their Comic-Con panel that they just got picked up by Netflix for the complete series that they had planned out. So that's a further, 
uh, uh, four more seasons from four to seven. So there's seasons one through three are out already. So you can watch that whole thing. And it's very like, I would say like binge it now, like binge seasons one through three now to get yourself excited for seasons four through seven, because it's very much like one through three is very self-contained. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. Um, and, and you kind of tell that they made it with the intent of, like, if we don't get picked up. Right, that, that you could be this happy is a good with ending. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we could pick it up in comic books or whatever and in some sort of transmedia. But but they are going to get to finish their story uh, on, on Netflix, um, which is really exciting because not a lot of shows these days uh, get that. But... Hey, lot of we're in too. the middle of the pandemic and yeah. uh, and Netflix needs some uh, they need some solid stuff uh, to go into production. And this is one of those things that they can they can make it uh, and uh, uh, as long, even under quarantine. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Very good news for fans of that show. Um, uh, the boys season three. So it got picked up for se- season two is not even out yet, is it? Uh, I don't think so. And this is why I feel like it was weird that basically they announced they announced that the boys season yeah, cuz the boys season 3 is what? I feel like it's coming out really too or or it's re, or it has just premiered. Oh, oh, no, September 4th. Yeah, so it hasn't even come out yet. But it was one of the things where they then they said that season 3 was coming, but they're like they have no idea when. I think yeah. is like one of the is one of the things. So. That's the joke in the yeah. in the ad is is yeah. or in like the Facebook post that they made mm-hmm. is that they're like season three whenever <laughs> it's yeah. gonna it's it's yeah. happening we just have no idea when um yeah 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 that's cool I still haven't watched season yeah. one it's one of those it's one of those ones that oh really that's uh, uh on my list but I just haven't gotten around to you man it's so uncomfortable like it's. <laughs> It's like in a good in, way, though, right? in a good like, way, yeah. like in a way that like it deals with really visceral stuff, man. Like, oh, yeah, there's just some really good scenes. And, and like one of the guys from Gossip Girl who was like who's like his his character is very like milk toast. Like he's very sort of like plain and kind of like that was his thing in, in Gossip Girl, too. He was very I forget what his name is, but um, he plays like the Aquaman ask character okay he has a really good like it's just a really good sort of plot line because he's the most he's like one of the most upsetting and then there's this like thing where he gets his comeuppance and it's so uncomfortable because they show like it's just it's really it's really good like the way that they like deal like that's the thing that i love the most about science fiction right is like how it takes those things that are like so close to like close to real life but then completely twisted around like it's just it's just anyways it's pretty good at least i would like i don't remember exactly what happens in the whole thing but i just know that there's just some stuff where i'm like it 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 goes all like all over the place it's just so it's so like viscerally disturbing too like don't watch the boys if you want a good time like it's it's upsetting (laughs) but anyways but in in a fun way uh well if you want to get upset even more there's going to be two more seasons so yeah exactly uh the kissing booth what's that one i don't okay so i put this on because the kissing booth was is just like a rom-com like you know how netflix does i always i always talk about this how netflix does really good rom-coms um and they're just like vapid little like you know turn your brain off for an hour and a half and watch them movies and so the kissing booth 2 just came out like last weekend i haven't had a chance to watch it yet because i haven't really been watching that much tv recently um but basically it was this whole big thing where they dropped they dropped the second one and then they're like surprise we also made a third one so it's just kind of fun that we get a we get a third 
the kissing booth and it's they did a similar thing i think with um to all the boys i'd love before where they did to all the boys like because the novel is in threes and i think that they then also are going to do three of the shows and so anyways it was just like a thing where they they basically like dropped a teaser for the third one the weekend that the second one came out um and actually that I, like I, anyways i feel like the actress from it is doing some cool stuff but anyways it's it's just a sort of if anybody is into that kind of fair on Netflix, it's cool. Um, it actually, I think it like topped. It was like it was like the number one like Kissing Booth season, Kissing Booth two was the number one movie or something in Canada this week, mm-hmm. and then Kissing Booth the original one was like ten because people were like obviously like watching yeah. the first one and then watching. So it's like it's just like a good fun cute time. It's not I'm not gonna like it's not like breaking any barriers or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just it's just a good time a good time. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the Central Park news? I do. So, okay, mostly I got here because um, Emmy Reaver Lampman, I think that's how you say her name, The um, from Umbrella Academy. So the, yeah. um, I forget, number number three or whatever her name. The whoever oldest she is. sister. The oldest sister, yeah. Um, is, uh, is in the Hamilton cast. She was one of the original Broadway, like, ensemble. And every, and it just clicked for me today because I kept seeing all this stuff with the original Hamilton cast. And I kept being like, that looks like the chick from the Umbrella Academy. And so I finally like looked it up today and I was like, oh, it is the girl from the Umbrella Academy. She apparently was one of the two like last ensemble roles. Like when they went from off Broadway onto Broadway, she was an ensemble role and like an understudy for the, the Siler sisters. And oh, then she, okay. she actually was one of the original, Broadway members or um cast members in Ch- in Chicago like when it went to Chicago she played Angelica so like she actually is like pretty involved in Hamilton like it was a, a huge part of like she came from a theater background cool. um and then Umbrella Academy is like the first sort of big TV thing she did she's she's done other stuff I think she was on like Jane the Virgin and some other stuff but anyways in looking at that news I realized so a few weeks ago Kristen Bell announced that she was no longer going to be voicing um I think it's Molly Tillerman yeah. On Central Park, um, uh, just because of all of the conversation about um, providing uh, opportunities for black actors to voice uh, roles of uh, black characters in animation. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that they have now cast Emmy Raver Littman in that role, which I just think is really awesome for her. Um, but yeah. it's just, it's just, it was just kind of a cool thing for me to realize that she was connected to all these different things that I was aware of and in, in these cool, in these cool ways. So anyway, so good for her and i'm so excited for umbrella academy it's like four more oh, days that's coming out yeah so it's the end of this week umbrella um, season yeah uh yeah central park is one of those things that i know i will never ever watch and there are three reasons first it's on apple tv plus difficult <laughs> difficult to watch it uh i technically yeah. have apple tv plus because we bought new phones last year so they gave us a year of it for free oh, um <clears> watch it but I, uh, but I can't. I can only watch it on the TV in the office or the TV in the bedroom or on my phone, because Apple TV Plus doesn't have an app for uh, the PlayStation. So, the and the, and it doesn't work with Chrome. So for obvious reasons, because <laughs> Sony, Google, and Apple are all bitter enemies and don't like each other um, <laughs> because they all compete for the same dollars. So, um, rather than recognizing that you know rising tide raises all ships they they snipe at each other and go you're not apple is actually basically they're the they're the the actual bad ones like they're the ones who who caused the problem but uh because google and sony will play nice most of the time but um 
but yeah, I uh, that makes it difficult to watch. The other part of it uh, is is that it is that the animation style is um uh oh man what is it I had it before I had it a second ago it's oh it's a it's like Bob's Burgers or whatever right I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I think that's the 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 it looks it looks like yeah. that without me having watched anything it yeah. looks in that same and I thing. cannot stand yeah. it I can't stand it it's just such um. Uh, people are gonna just be very upset with me for saying this because Bob's Burgers is beloved by many a person, but it's that same Family Guy. It's all the post Simpsons, uh, cheap animation. I am not style. a I'm not a fan of Bob's Burgers, so I'm not one of the people yeah, that's gonna be giving I, you a hard times for this. So I, it's just like there, it's just everybody's just got like a slightly different version of the Simpsons, a slightly <laughs> different version of of Matt Groening. Um, of his style, I, I, and the thing with Bob's Burgers is just that nobody has chins. Everybody's everybody's got big round heads with no chins, um, and it's just so uninspired, and it just drives me nuts because it's just like it's just it's antiseptic in the same way that Family Guy is also antiseptic and and. I, I, well, it's, it's just, I mean it's a certain kind of style though. Some people, in the same way that I love certain kinds of garbage books. <laughs> like there's there's right it's for every it's not for everybody but there's somebody who's probably like that's exactly yeah. what they're sort of um anyway so so that's reason number two and reason number three is that it features josh gad singing a lot no. and <laughs> okay. um look i i have a real love hate relationship with josh gad i think that josh gad the person is um he seems like a great guy and he seems like a lot of fun and he seem, i feel like i would have a lot of fun hanging out with him um, a lot of his his acting choices when he is playing, uh, uh, let's call them likable characters, are obnoxious. Um, so like Olaf is, I don't like the character Olaf in Frozen. Um, and not because I've seen the movies about 10 million times uh, in the last six months. I didn't like Olaf long before Kara was born. I, I, I guess I guess a, three years because that's that's how long the movie was. I, <laughs> I remember walking out of Frozen and being like, that was really good. I don't understand why the snowman is a character. I don't he serves no purpose in the story. He like he, he did a little it's bit the of clown character. You always need a clown character throughout all of history. You need a clown character. Yeah, but he's no Timon and Pumbaa. He's no uh, uh, high uh, stakes. He, there. He's, he's not the genie. He's not. You know, like are you aching up? Yep, yep. He's not. Uh, he's not even like 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 Max, uh, the the horse in Tangled, who is very much there, like sort of a very arch comic relief type character, even though it's a horse that doesn't talk. Um, yeah, I don't know. Olaf's just low hanging fruit, and I feel like that's a lot of what Josh Gad does. I will say, to his credit, his character in the show Avenue uh, was it Avenue Five. Avenue Avenue Q. It's a, the musical? Uh, no, Avenue Five is a. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the title of it. I'll look. It I up. have. I don't know what you're. It's a show on HBO about a um, about a a cruise ship. Um. Yeah, Avenue Five. Uh. It's it's a it's a space outer space cruise ship. Nice. Um. And something goes wrong. <laughs> um. 
and uh, they're basically knocked like a degree off course. But because it's outer space, a degree off course means instead of them coming back in six weeks, they're not going to be back for five years. Oh, jeez. Um, and Josh Gad plays the the idiot uh, man-child billionaire. I'm sure because it's the future trillionaire or quintillionaire or something like that. That that has funded this this ridiculous endeavor. Um, and he's just, he is not a likable character. He plays a very, very, uh, dumb, very unlikable, very evil, uh, Bill. It's like, he's like making fun of like the Elon Musk's and Jeff Bezos and all of those guys to show like, like you'd have to be a complete nutter moron in order to be this much of a, of a careless, uh, human being. Uh, and, and, you know, very self-involved and sociopathic and all of that stuff that I'm sure those individuals that I just mentioned are. Um, hopefully that doesn't get us uh, uh, kicked off the internet. But um, Yes, because we all know that Elon Musk is the best fan of Thunderquack. I don't, well, I just, I just don't know how, 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 uh, how long their reach, uh, uh, these yeah, guys, they're, they're scary with their billions and billions of dollars. Um but anyways, yeah, he's very good in that, but he doesn't sing. So uh, I find his singing is just, it just annoys me. It's not um, for everybody. Yeah. He just, he does that. He does like that, that over the top Broadway thing that it's like is funny once, but it's kind of all he does. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of his like go-to thing is to just sing that like almost operatic Broadway tone. And it's just doesn't work for me it's just hack but <laughs> or a very specific thing that he gets cast to do so you know yeah it's all good yeah cool <laughs> well I... I haven't watched central park so I'm yeah i haven't heard central anything park. good about it so oh it's I... still on because they're casting for another season it's so. one of those things where it's like it came out and it was like and and you saw people making a big deal about it and that like uh, like when i say people i mean like the people who made it yeah. Um, like Apple and Josh Gad and a few other people <laughs> being like, oh my God, it's finally here. And it's like, first of all, we didn't know that this was coming. And second, um, apparently nobody really cares. Uh, so Does I don't anybody know. care I, about anything Apple Plus is putting out? I feel like they just put stuff out so that they can I, make content. I, man, shoot. Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, I don't know. Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest, which is uh, on, on Apple TV Plus, is awesome and actually amanda you would like it it's okay one of the showrunner one of the the head writers for community oh nice uh is the is one of the showrunners um cool. so yeah it's uh yeah it's actually it's super good um nice. uh, and that's on apple tv plus but if you don't have apple tv plus you're never gonna watch it so and whatever yeah and nobody does so Unless you bought a phone and they were like, please have this for free. <laughs> Watch our stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. The last piece of news we have on this thing is that the Witcher prequel series was, I think, announced at Comic-Con. I think that was okay. Comic-Con. Anyways. Is it, how, how do you do a prequel series for a show that doesn't have a linear timeline? Yeah. Yeah. It's real weird. Um, but it's it's like it's like significantly earlier. So okay. I think it's... I think there isn't like the the whole thing that he's like one of the last witchers so wouldn't a prequel be yes. like in the time of witchers right so yeah like, they can't make any more witchers after after his yeah cuz he's like generation the last, or the last witcher yeah. 
So they have to make them earlier. Yeah. Actually, I think there's the, there's the kid in, in some of the, in, in the first book, not in the first book. Is it the first book? Maybe it is the first book. There's the kid that's like, that's, that's the young witcher. And he, I think he's like the last one, but Geralt is like the real last witcher. Cause everybody else is just going to die. I, uh, I started trying to read the Witcher series, yeah. and I, I'm i worried that it's a little bit of translation, but also a little bit of just, like, a specific kind of style of writing. But, but like, I, I don't know if the writer has ever met a woman before <laughs> in how he's, like, writing about women. Yeah. And it's, like, really off-putting in this, like, me trying to, like, read this. No. I think I think the best thing about the Witcher television series is that sh- the showrunner is a woman. Yeah, and that like she, I think it just really helps. It really she helps took the to source like... material, which is very much male gaze. Yeah, and 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 turned, turned it. it around. Yeah, turned it <laughs> so that we're um, all looking at him. And and the thing is, is yeah. that like the Witcher had female fans to begin with, feminine yeah. fans yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. begin with. Yeah. So it's it. I don't think that it was a hard turn. It wasn't like it had to 180 or even 90 degrees. I think that it's like a 15 degree turn. And that That's 15 degrees yeah. Yeah. is 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 what it takes to take that story from purely objectifying women to going like, well, actually two of your the the two objects of his affection because he is a very powerful man are two very powerful women. So yeah. if we just shift it over here and give them agency, mm-hmm. <laughs> go figure. Yeah. Right. And then make it, them yeah. make their stories motivated not by approval f- from Geralt, but their yeah. own internal sort of thing, then yeah. then all of a sudden uh and and I mean like the first season of of The Witcher s- focuses so much on Yennefer. Yeah. That I uh, I and I'm really hoping that the second season gives us a bit more of of Triss. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, like by the end of the first season of the Witcher, it's kind of like, you kind of are asking the question, like, wh- who is the show actually about? <laughs> Cause yeah. it really actually feels like that first season's about Yennefer and that Geralt oh, sure. and Ciri sure. are a part of that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so it's yeah. good. I mean, yeah, they, they did it. They did a good job. Definitely. I feel like too, in all the other media they're, they're pretty, pretty good, but it's just, yeah, it's just hard to get into that source material, but we'll see. Yeah um cool what have you been watching we'll get through this part real quick it's we we will because i haven't really been watching that much um i was kind of stoked i was uh came i've I've come back down to the okanagan so i'm I'm around my parents a lot and i had a friend over who was mentioning because he's a scientist and so he was saying he's like have you ever watched into the spider verse you know the scientists where they think it's a guy but the joke is that it's a woman on a bike and anyways because he was describing like being a scientist and how that's like very accurate that they like ride bikes and anyways it was really it was kind of cute but anyways my mom was like no i haven't watched into the spider-verse and i was like you haven't watched into the spider-verse so anyways i watched into the spider-verse with my parents because they hadn't seen it before and they enjoyed it and that's it's a good so movie. good i just love it's that movie. Good movie it's so fun it's just like <laughs> it's just a good time every time i watch it and the soundtrack is one of my favorite like i genuinely just like listen to that soundtrack all the time um, but anyway, so I, I rewatched Into the Spider-Verse, but otherwise I haven't really been doing anything except for the homework that you assigned me last week, which was to watch Cursed. And I made sure that I watched the first episode of Cursed. Yeah. And then because I wasn't sure what I felt about the first episode of Cursed, yeah. I watched the second episode of Cursed. Yeah. And then I, and now I'm excited to watch more Cursed because I, I actually, it took me, it took me two episodes to get into it, but I'm really excited. I tweeted, I tweeted, I, so I've watched the first three, maybe four, I think maybe four. Oh, nice. Um, 
I tweeted after watching the first episode, I, I, I like it that I want to like the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that first episode, it, it's, they spend the whole episode getting to the point. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the it's, very yeah. end of the episode, it's like, she picks up the sword and she does the thing and you're like, okay, here we, here go. we go. And yeah. then, and then the second episode starts there and you're like, all right. And then very quickly that kind of dwindles and then the next episode, like the next couple episodes are, yeah, I guess I'm four episodes in. The next couple episodes, you're like, um, when are we gonna get back to the really cool stuff, guys? Because <laughs> oh, it's a no. lot of, yeah, it's a lot it of seems... like we're going from this place to this place and introducing these characters and setting up everybody's backstories and stuff like that. So I think that the first season's gonna be a lot of that, and I think it's one of those shows that if it gets another season or two, will. It'll come into it, uh, and 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 when we don't have to spend so much time uh, explaining the world and explaining the way things work and and who, what, where, when, why. Well, I actually um, got really upset when I started realizing that I think it'll be similar to The Witcher, in that the interesting thing is when Geralt finds the girl, right? Like when they actually connect. Yeah. And I mean, The Witcher though has other things that you kind of care about, but that's like what it's about. And I'm, I feel like you don't know this, but the sense that I got is that the first season of Cursed is the girl trying to find Merlin. Like, them connecting, I think, will be, like, unless I'm completely wrong because you watched four episodes. But I feel like, I, I feel like interesting things will happen once Merlin and that girl are together. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that Merlin and Nimue will be, uh, I don't think that they'll necessarily, and, like, it was four episodes in, I don't know. I don't think that they'll necessarily be on the same, the same path. Um, and I think that that'll actually probably be one of the driving conflicts for the ongoing story is that, is that this is her, the first episode basically ends with, with here's Excalibur. You have to get this to Merlin. And the idea there in our heads is supposed to be that she's, she has to courier it to Merlin so that he can deliver it to Arthur. Right. That would be the, that would be the, the more traditional version of the story. Um, but, but being that she is the main character and I don't think I'm giving anything away cause it's all over the promotional material. She, she going to pick up that sword and she going to snicker snack some people and it's going to be great. But, um, it, but, but like, yeah, I think that it's going to take a little while for us to get to that point to where it's, she is. It's going to get a hero. But. Yeah. But also something that I'm intrigued about is this version of Merlin, which I apologize if this is now me talking about the second episode, but you sort of get it in the first episode that Merlin doesn't have magic and his magic is tied to the sword. So I do think that there's something about just like, even if they're not on the same side, I do think the core of it is going to be the like the difference between those two. Like you have sure. somebody like this this version of this like Arthur legend is where Nimue has power and and Merlin doesn't, and that's just like an interesting sort of. I don't know. I just think it's, I, I haven't read the books. I kind of now I'm kind of like oh, I could read this book. It could be interesting. Cause I yeah, wonder if I wonder it, how much they're actually sticking to the source material. Or I think so. I think I mean like I think that they have the bones of something good, and I think that they need to work on pacing. Um, it's just, it's not necessarily that it's slow. It's just that it's, it kind of, 
it kind of meanders around the point a little bit and it's it's i i'm a big fan of media that 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 knows what it is and knows that you know what it is and gets right down to it right right? that's fair i think it's probably one of the reasons why i like star wars as much as i do because star wars when it's at its best is very self-aware and knows that that the audience is along for the ride so the mandalorian is a really great example of this where like the mandalorian in that first episode like in the first five minutes we're like okay you know like we know we know exactly who this guy is what he's about what kind of a what kind of a story we're in for um and then it actually uses that at the very end of the episode to subvert it and go like ah, it's not actually what you thought it was but it is still very star wars right, right? Yeah. so it's like it, and and star wars i think thankfully uh, has this great visual language with which it can tell a story um very efficiently um cursed also has that it's using a lot of very standard fantasy tropes for some reason they've decided that this is supposed to be your first fantasy series ever so we're going to explain that fae are fairies but they don't like to be called fairies they prefer to be called fae but it then is, at other a lot times, of explaining, yeah. yeah. But then at other times, it doesn't explain nearly enough <laughs> that like, look, fae folk means any magical creature, any magical creature. It's not a kind of creature because the way that they talk about it, it's like, oh, you're fae, you're fae, you're fae. It's like, okay, uh, it, that's like a category, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and it's a very it's a very large category with a lot of subcategories, and then and then even more and more and more underneath that, right? So, it 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 it's weird where it chooses to be specific and where it chooses to be vague, um, and and sort of the rules of magic are another are another piece of that, where it's like one of our characters. Merlin, his whole his whole story at the beginning is that, like you say, like it's very clear from the beginning, he doesn't have access to his power, right? Um, but we don't really it like four episodes in, they still haven't explained what that means. Yeah. Um, and you hope that that's a build up to a payoff, but some of the other stuff that they've done, I'm like, is it gonna be? But then there are other aspects of the show that that they're doing really well. Like the, I think that the casting was. Um, it's actually pretty good, yeah. Or is 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 very very good. Yeah. Um, and and these, there's a lot of people in this show that it's like I don't know you, but I yeah. do actually I like the choices that you're making. I like the look that they're going for with a character. Um, like like the, I think that they've made a lot of really smart choices in that sense. Um. I don't like that the, Matt Campbell's going to get mad at me. I don't like the the scene transition things. The oh, little really? animated Dealey Bobbers. They take they me cool. right out of it. They take me yeah. right out of it. I mean, they're not... It's a choice that yep. I don't necessarily know was the right one, but they're cute. But th- there is a lot of things like... And this was my thing with watching the first episode is that I didn't... I thought they just threw a lot of money at something because it's like, hey, look, we're in this market with all these like people and all this like stuff that's medieval-y. Like it's, and I'm kind of like, but what is the story here? And why is the boat gone? Like, how is that an important, like there's just all these little things that I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know if you know what your story is or if you know like what you're doing, you're just sort of like in this fantasy world. But I don't know, I guess 
it took me a while too to like i mean is this arthur is it arthur arthur uh it is but it is not this is one of those like oh this is the real story like right, you've heard the legend like, of king arthur but this is how this it, is actually, happened. it actually happened um and it's got a lot more to do with this uh with this woman than it does with with arthur although he is a character in the show so um yeah but i uh, i mean other other than cursed i have not been watching anything because i've just been playing a new video game uh, ghost of tsushima which yes. is it's like watching a show but it's That's watching cool. a show that you have to do more work did um, it just come did it just come out yeah it came out not this past friday the one before right. is that right cool. maybe i think so do people still get games like physically or do you just download them uh, I mean, some people still get them physically. Uh, it it de- for me, it depends on the game and it depends on on the console. But um, okay. but well, like I a lot of stuff is digital. A lot of stuff yeah. is digital now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, it, oh, if I had physical copies of all of the video games that I own, I wouldn't have room for anything else because <laughs> I buy a lot of video games. So fair, fair. Um, cool. Let's uh, let's take our break uh, for some advertisements. Uh, pay some bills and uh, and then and then we'll be back with our with our main topic. Cool beans. Okay, so uh, there those were the ads. I don't know if you listened to them or if you skipped them. If you really want to get around having to listen to the ads, the best way to do that is go to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack and support us over there. I I at different there, we got different levels. You can get the episode early as we talk about every Tuesday instead of Friday, uh, or you can get it ad free. Uh, that's at the so early is a dollar, ad free is five dollars. Uh, you can get the uncut version uh, where where we talk at length uh, about something else. I guess I don't know. Um, random. Usually random. it's pretty random and and uh, rambly and uh, personal. <laughs> usually it's of the more personal nature it's less less geek focused um uh and that's in the uncut version for ten dollars uh and uh if you are very generous uh and have the means uh you can support us at the twenty dollar level and get your patreon producer shout out just like brian murowski and uh, jj samuel do on every episode so uh, thank you to everybody who does support us on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thunderquack and, uh, you know, consider it, consider it, think about it. But as we've talked about many times before, uh, a, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We know that money is probably tight for a lot of people still probably it, not, the situation doesn't seem to be getting better for, for a lot of folks. So don't feel pressured. You just download the episode with the ads that, that also supports the show. Uh, but, uh, uh, if you do have the money, I, there are so many more important causes right now to give your money to. But if you've also already done that and you still have money left over, then you can consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, the option is there if you're if you're so inclined. We appreciate yeah. everybody who does. Um, let's get into our let's get into our main topic. Uh, we talked about it. Comic Con at home happened last week. Um, obviously a major pivot for san diego comic-con uh it's this is this is the 51st or 52nd year uh i feel like last year was the 50th because i went down okay so this uh, yeah i I think this was the 51st year so it was the 51st year yeah so this was the first time in 50 years that they have not had a physical comic-con um and i and so they they decided because of the pandemic because of the the everything that's happening in the world 
that they were going to do a, a Comic-Con at home, which is sort of a, a, a mix of streaming and uh, online community events and all sorts of stuff like that. And I, I, I want to talk about whether or not it was successful, um, how, how you see it. Um, cause you were obviously, you were at Comic-Con last year. So you have the, the, uh, the, the firsthand experience of being at a Comic-Con, but also, um, like I do the, the experience of sitting at home and just hearing about everybody being at Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, do how do you, how do you feel about it just sort of in a broad sense do you feel like they like they pulled it off like they they managed because comic-con is hype right like that's yeah comic-con's all hype do you feel like it do you feel like it accomplished that well i think part of the problem right now is that people don't really know what to hype because part part of it too i think is like people that were in the middle of we're getting to the point now where the content is less too hype because it's not it hasn't been made for a few months and so uh, i don't know the big thing too when i went to comic-con though i found comic-con a little underwhelming as well i feel like maybe i talked about that a bit when i came back that like really unless you're getting into a really big panel which you have to wait way too long for anyways like it really is just sort of like advertising or like little mini like things like the the stuff that they had like that was the majority of the stuff i went to at comic-con were these things that can be could be completely delivered as a zoom call right where yeah. they just talk about their experiences as a development coordinator or their experiences right like there was there is a lot of panels at comic-con that are just people talking about the stuff that they do and that was the majority of the content that i was kind of interested in anyways when i was there because the big panels with all the big stars are sort of just kind of crazy and they're all like televised anyways and it's not really right like it's just it's it so i i get what you're talking about like it's just a big hype machine and it's like did we feel the hype i feel like there's a bunch of people that didn't even know comic-con was happening whereas i feel like you can't get away from it when it's actually happening like the virtual like the the real one at least people are like talking about it and there's photos of it people were trying but i think that i know about it because i was on all the groups like i'm on like a facebook comic-con group so everybody talks in there and i'm on like, just a bunch of things where people just happen to be posting stuff about Comic-Con. Like, there was, like, this little shrine in uh, in Comic-Con, like, uh, at one of the restaurants, I guess. It's, like, I also think I didn't do Comic-Con right, because apparently there's, like, so many things that I think if you go all, every year and you have, like, your different, like, there's, there's things that people do and it's, yeah. like, all part of it. So, I, but I think that that's part of it too. Like just with con culture in general is it's not necessarily about the stuff. It's about who you go with, who you see, how you hang out, your own experiences. It's the extra stuff, right? It's the sitting around in the hall, taking pictures, like dressing up. I don't know. I don't know. What, what, is your, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think they, I think they whiff the bat real hard. That's a second sports metaphor in one episode. <laughs> Um, points to you <laughs> yeah uh, whiffing the bat is when the ball goes across the plate and the bat doesn't go anywhere near it um, yeah they they messed this up they messed it up big time and uh, and I think that the biggest piece that they messed up is that they did not secure support from the right parties um and you mean like online streamers? So, okay. So, so no, I, 
I I mean that's part of it. That's certainly part of it. There was no there wasn't a good platform to enjoy it on. Yeah. Um I they had no idea how to YouTube it. Uh and so a lot of the stuff was pre-recorded. It was not live. That really sucked a lot of the fun out of it. Um yeah, because a lot it, of it is just that like interactivity, like yeah. even just with well, some and, rando. And there's a like there are there's like a, a like a live stream aspect of it where like other people are gonna like live blog it on Twitter or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and when you just dump the video at a given time, people just scrub through it for the announcements. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the Star Trek panel came out and it was about three things and if you didn't care about discovery or uh, uh, lower decks and you just cared about Picard you could just skip to the Picard part at the end maybe that's better for the user but in terms of a Comic Con experience it really that's ruined it that's not what it. it's for yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's what you have to you have to sit through the stuff to get to the yeah. good stuff there really yeah. is only like five minutes of any panel that you ever really want to see and, you sit for the rest of it and so Zack Snyder did I, there was something like Justice Con or something, which I guess was like a like like on the side of it. And this is where it's this is where I say, like, like, I think they really messed up is that the messaging on stuff was all over the place. And it seemed like Zack Snyder talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max was doing his own thing. And not doing it as part of Comic-Con, but just in conjunction with Comic-Con. Um, and Disney was basically not there. So, like, they weren't talking about any of the new stuff. There were there were a couple of things that came out of some of the smaller panels that would normally be at Comic-Con. So we did get a little bit of information about Raya the, and The Last Dragon, which is the new animated feature that's supposed to be coming out this fall. But who knows when it'll come out. Um but I, I, I mean, like there were rumors a couple of weeks ago about a Tron movie or series coming to Disney Plus. Comic Con's the sort of place where we would have heard about that. We didn't because there was no panel for it, right? There was nowhere for them to drop that and make that announcement. There was no, um, uh, there wouldn't have been a Black panel, a Black Widow panel, because Black Widow would have already happened. But um, there was no Eternals panel where we got a new trailer. Um, so they like, just didn't have the same structure because nobody was invested in it because it was all online and they didn't have yeah. the same eyeballs. Like that's really, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it really hammers home how much these cons are just advertising, right? Like that's what it is. And that's why when, when we went like, right when I went there last year, right? Like you really, they don't care that, about anybody that's not like variety or like these main like yeah. coverage places because they yeah. it, it's all just about how you can get your stuff marketed and in an online virtual like this new online virtual world nobody knows how to navigate it properly especially from a media perspective because it's all kind of the same to them where they're like well it's not necessarily curating that many more eyeballs so so here's the thing is that star wars celebration for the last three celebrations they have live streamed all of the major panels um, so they, the celebration has, has three main stages. They have the celebration stage, which is the biggest one. Then they'll have, they, they call them different things from time to time, but they'll have like the main stage and then they'll have a side stage. And like, those are the three main ones that, that everything big is going to happen on. So the, 
the whatever the new movie is is going to be on the celebration stage the the um animation stuff's probably going to be on the main stage at some point uh the side stage will probably have um some of the some of the more supporting actors because the bigger actors will be on the celebration stage at some point but like they tend to they 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 covered those three uh uh stages in the panels that are going to be on those those are live streamed and then they have a bunch of smaller stages like the podcast stages the collector panels and all the other stuff that's more like the community run stuff that stuff doesn't get live streamed but unless you choose to live stream it which we actually when when we went in 2010 when i went uh no 2010 i didn't have a panel so when we went in 2012 um we did a live stream of our panel uh and i've live streamed every panel that we've done from star wars celebration but we do that on our own sort of setup i i but but for the most part, like the main stuff, the stuff that they are marketing is sent out to the larger world. Now, I don't think that the majority of people know that all they care about is the trailer, right? Right. Like, like, like you don't care to watch the whole panel. You just care to watch the trailer. And that's, I think that's where most people fall on this stuff. But if you want, if you are the diehard, which there's, there's a, there's a thing in business, I, I called net promoter, uh, and, oh, and you yeah. have a net promoter score, the NPS score. Um, and NPS is, in my opinion, garbage for the most part because it's a completely made up metric and there's no science behind it. But the the ideology behind it is sound. And the ideology behind it is that your evangelist. Now, this uh, the net promoter tries to quantify what an evangelist is. And you can't do that. It's not a number. Because those numbers are subjective and it's all a matter of opinion. But like if you if I give you so if if I ask somebody to give a, a rating for this podcast, some of our more devoted fans might be like, Yeah, it's like a four point five out of five. It's like really? You wouldn't just give it a five out of five? Right? But like like that doesn't necessarily they're not like like taking anything away from it, right? It's just like, well, honest opinion, four point five, right? Oh, maybe it's a seven out of ten right and it's like if it's out of 10 a 7 out of 10 sounds like a bad score right but it's actually it's actually not that bad net promoter treats it like it's not like it doesn't mean anything but what they what you're trying to quantify is who's an evangelist and who's not and this right. is what comic-con is completely missed out on and what star wars lucasfilm uh what they do understand is that those evangelists However you want to quantify that 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 group, they are going to be the ones who are going to make sure that everybody else knows about the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So when the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is announced, yes, major publications are going to pick it up. They're going to post a story. Uh, most people aren't going to read that story. But they are going to find out the details somehow. And that somehow is they're probably going to hear it from their friend who's a huge Star Wars fan. Because when they go like, hey, man, I, I know you're a big Star Wars fan. You've read the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And then they go, yes, I did. It's really exciting that so-and-so is directing, that this character is returning, that it's going to be this many episodes, that they're going to go into production in this month, and that we can expect to see it at this time. And now all of a sudden the other person has all of the information that they actually need to know. Um those two things kind of need to happen hand in hand. Uh, 
I Comic-Con only catered to the the um the the variety aspect of it because that's who they think butters their bread, but it's not. Right? Yeah. Like it's it is actually the fans, it's actually the con goers that make Comic-Con a big thing. So if they're not showing up to your live stream because it's not a live stream because it's a video that you can watch whenever you feel like it. Um then there's no hype. If there's no hype, then there's no energy around it. And if there's no energy, then I'm not going to talk about it on Twitter. I'm not going to talk about it on Facebook. And right now that's all we have because we're mostly not in the same place. Yeah. Or at least we're not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, well, and you want to you want to get it at the right time and you have to be watching yeah. it to get it first. Yeah. And that's the thing I think that was the most disappointing for me. Where And that's my mentality as well. Even for someone who I'm not an evangelist, but I'm kind of like, oh, if I can watch it on YouTube, then I'll just watch it whenever I want it. But if it's like streaming and you're kind of like, maybe I'll miss something, like especially even if there's like like chats in the live stream or whatever it is, right? And you're like, you get the information instantaneously from that at a certain point of time. You don't get it from the, like like you say, the people that are just like watching it and scroll through to find the the news that they want. And that's all they care about. Like it's it's part of the experience. Yeah. So I like I, I get that. So I think this Comic Con was mostly headlines, um, and not not a lot of actual hype or excitement. Um, and then there were other things that because this this happened with E three. So, um, video game developer, video game console manufacturers, uh, the the platforms, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. Nintendo was the first to figure this out. Costs a lot of money to go to the con and do, uh, do to go to E3 and do the thing and whatever. We live in an era of internet distribution, right? Yeah. Um, people are buying most of their games online. We should be talking to them online. You, you talk to them where they're going to buy, right? Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo figured this out and decided there used to be that there would be three big press conferences three massive press conferences at e3 every year the sony one the microsoft one and the nintendo one nintendo pulled out and was like not we're not doing it anymore we're gonna do this new thing called a nintendo direct which Mm. is a youtube video that's very well produced that gets right to the heart of it and uh costs them a lot less money than putting on a 45 minute to hour and a half stage show with a bunch of people who are not trained for stage shows because they're video game developers. So (laughs) game conferences have a very specific flavor to them. And some people don't like it. And other people like me live for it. Um, (laughs) It's this weird, like unpolished, trying to be polished performance aspect that I just, I love it. Um, But Nintendo figured out like, Hey, we can do this as like a pre-recorded thing. We can edit it. We can control it. Um, we, sometimes you want the, sometimes stuff happens in the room and it's like, that's the magic last year, uh, during the Microsoft panel, they brought out, they were talking about cyberpunk 2077 and they announced that Keanu Reeves, they showed a new trailer. And at the very end of the trailer, Keanu Reeves is one of the characters in the game. And then they opened up a big part of the wall and smoke like dry ice smoke comes out. And then out steps Keanu Reeves, and it was like a solid three minutes of the crowd just losing their minds <laughs> and them not being able to move on with the presentation. Um, and that's sort of the magic that you want to happen for those li- for that live stuff. But those moments are few and far between. Um, yeah. Nintendo realized Fair. like this isn't this isn't important. The important part is what are the games, 
when are they coming? Here's the information. Mm -hmm. So they started doing that. And then Sony very quickly realized like, oh, hey, we can also do this. (laughs) And then Microsoft was like, oh, maybe this is actually better. So um, so this year, uh, had E3 gone forward, uh, Sony and Nintendo both wouldn't have had conferences. I don't know if Microsoft, because I'm not as in tune with the Microsoft ecosystem, but um, but they'd essentially pulled out and said, like, we're not doing it. Uh, we're not going to spend that money because we can talk directly to our consumers via these other platforms. Um, as such, I don't think that E3 is coming back next year. Interesting. I don't think it's going to recover from... Well, I, the larger picture... I don't think that we're going to be out of the woods by May of next year to the point where there are enough people with the vaccine um, that, that have been uh, inoculated that, that we can start to have conventions in a, in a, in in the traditional sense again. Yep. So buckle up for that. Get used to that idea. Um, There are more important things that we have to take care of before that happens. But um, regardless, so, so, so the, if E3 can't happen two years in a row, I don't think that it ever comes back. Um, that's, I, think I mean, that's that fair if it was already going out. out it anyways, was. It was right? already like, on its way out. I think Comic-Con will be fine. I think that Comic-Con is a part of the culture. Yeah. E3 is also a part of video game culture. But but the difference there is that that the the E3 wasn't important. The, the big three being at E3 was important. And when they decided that they didn't need to be there anymore... Um, right that takes away a lot of what made E3 special, which is really actually damaging for the, for the, 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 the smaller companies, the smaller companies in yeah. the industry, but that's okay. Cause there are other things happening that are, that are making up for that. Um, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, with Comic-Con, they, they are not heeding that warning that, that, the, the, like they, they, they are not paying enough attention to what happened with E3. Um, and realizing that like, Hey, if Disney realizes that they don't need to be at Comic-Con, which they kind of already have, cause they make their big announcements at their own press conferences and stuff like right. that separate from Comic-Con. And they don't need anybody to advertise Disney for them. Yeah. Um, if they stop doing panels at Hall H, you don't have a Comic-Con anymore. And it's, it, it's one of those things where like, it's grown to this size, so now it has to be maintained at this size, right. right? It's 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 that thing of when you when you first move out and you get your first job and and you're living off of eight hundred dollars a paycheck maybe, uh, and you're like and that most of that is rent, and your yeah. groceries are actually a, probably about like forty dollars a paycheck, because um, after you've paid all your rent and your bills and whatever, but you and you get by, right? Yeah. And then you go up to a thousand dollars a paycheck, and at first those first two weeks you're like, or first two paychecks you're like, yeah, awesome, I got all this extra walking around money. But very quickly you start picking up. Well, I'm gonna, you know, now I now I can afford a car, so I'm gonna get a car, so now I have insurance, right? And your expenses grow to fill that space, and you as yeah. as you progress in your career and you make more and more money, then all of a sudden if you lose your job. It's like, oh, well, now I have all of these bills to pay and stuff that I can't that I can't live without. And or I've got kids and, you know, family to worry about and a mortgage payments and all that sort of thing. Stuff that that isn't as flexible. 
that's where Comic-Con's kind of at is that like it's a it's become this juggernaut beast. Um yeah. and you can't just scale that back next year. Yeah. You you can't just say, "Well, we're going to go back to what we used to be." Because now you have employees. Now you have Comic-Con International as a corporation that, you know, like it pays people all year round in order to organize this thing. Um, and what are you going to do? You're going to have to lay a bunch of people off. Probably you're going to have to downsize. You're going to have like a whole bunch of these other financial ramifications. Um, in my opinion, they should be much more uh, uh, future minded and paying attention to where the ball is going uh, uh, rather than than where it is right now, because it seems like they're very focused on where it is right now. Um, because when it comes to, like I said, Star Wars Celebration, Sony did a conference for a little while called PSX where they did a very similar thing where it's like everything's live streamed, all the big panels you can watch from home. So it's like the people are there because you want to be there, right? You want to be in the room. But even if like if you miss out on that, if you don't get tickets to it because it's sold out, then yeah, I'll just watch it from home. That's cool. I'm still a part of it, right? Yeah. Still be part of the conversation. It still adds to the to the hype of the whole thing so comic-con needs to figure that out but it's going to be difficult for them because they have to also wrangle everybody right like they they it's easy for star wars to do it because lucasfilm is one company and star wars celebration is just focusing on the one thing that lucasfilm does it's not like there are indiana jones panels at star wars (laughs) right like it's like I it's, want one. It, uh, okay, I shouldn't say that. There are often panels that will get into Indiana Jones as well, but but it's not. But it's all. It's all like, yeah. I get what you, you're it's talking focused, about. Though, right? like Comic Con is more of a curator, right? It's not yeah. actually. There's nothing that they create themselves, right? Like yeah. there is what the toucan. I feel like that is like it, right? Everything else is about curating other people's content. Yeah. And so a place. so as that. What they needed to do is, A, they needed to, to wake up to the reality that they weren't having Comic-Con a lot sooner. Whether they announced that to the world or not, they should have, as a company, figured out we need to pivot. Because as soon as as soon as soon we get within striking distance of having to close this thing down for the year, we're, we need to have our plan in place. They didn't do that. They waited until just before they had to make that decision to, to decide to do the other thing which is Comic-Con at home. They should have, in my opinion, created a platform. And it should have been, if you go to Comic-Con.com or whatever their, their, I think it's Comic-ConInternational.com or something. But it should have been an easy URL and it should have been the streaming platform and it should have been a partnered with like Google, go to, with you YouTube go to thing. All of the different like like yeah. rooms, like halls, and you have to yeah. actually click on them, and it's only that streamed throughout the day, right? Like it's not, and yeah. then and then like a week later, post the panels as as exactly. YouTube videos. Um, and with some of them, if you weren't in the live stream, you missed it. Yeah, because if like the most of the Hall H panels don't get posted yeah. after the fact. Some do, but most don't, and and that creates. It just it just creates that exclusivity and that hype. And what they needed to do was like what nobody at Comic Con. This is this is my professional side coming out. This is what I do for a mm-hmm. living, right? So, like this 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 business and and brand strategy stuff is 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 what I focus on. And the the problem with Comic Con is that they don't know what their core is. They have no idea. 
and and that's happened uh, my guess would be because it it it's an organic company right it started as a small thing that built and built and built in this very organic way so it's difficult to control and difficult to understand and difficult to know and the people who were there at the beginning that were the core of that ideology aren't there anymore so you don't you don't have founders and when you when your founders aren't there it's really hard to stay true to the core ideal of what your company is and it becomes very easy to get caught up in the we need to make more money in order right. to be successful. And that's how you measure success is how much revenue you generate. So that's where Comic-Con's at. And and it's a it's a business. It's a corporation that's solely focused on generating revenue. If they were actually true to their core ideals, they would have seen what was coming, cared about it enough to emulate the experience and created a platform so that comic-con could still happen despite people not being able to be in the same room nobody has figured this one out yet and it's one of those things that if i had resources it would be something that i would put money into but it would require millions of dollars in order to get off the ground and certainly in the time frame that that it needs to happen while the pandemic is happening but it is something that we've talked about this. We've been talking about this for months. The world's not going to be the same when we come out the other side of this thing, right? Once we have a vaccine, yes, COVID-19 won't be a thing that we're concerned with, but in the same way that when those buildings went down on 9-11, taking an airplane has never been the same since, right? It's, it's going to be the same. Taking an airplane's not going to be the same as it was before the pandemic going to a convention is not going to be the same going to Disneyland is not going to be the same, right? The world's going to be a different place because Mm -hmm. we're going to be, there have been financial costs sunk into dealing with the situation that we're in. And so a lot of those practices are probably going to stick around because now the infrastructure exists. So, the, the, the plexiglass boxes that people are in when you go to the grocery store. I don't know that those are going to come down. Yeah. Because why why should they, right? right? It's like, like It just makes sense that like there's all sorts of diseases. And yeah, who there's knows? Sick, sick people still go to the grocery store. Yeah. It's just like, I don't want the flu anymore than I – I mean, like, I definitely would – I'm more yeah, afraid I, of I COVID-19 yeah, yeah, than the flu. That, but, like, I, like, in the same way, it's like, like why would a person – on their feet for eight hours a day at a checkout want to also still like like the pandemic's over people can sneeze on me again (laughs) no no like let's leave the shields up like it's it's fine we're all getting along fine with it right so like let's so so let's keep it um uh and some people will be opposed to that but you know so it'll be varying but the world will be different and so there will still be a reason for a lot of this stuff to exist there's also just there are some things that are better working from home for me is better yeah it's it's just better so the infrastructure now that it exists if i can choose to work from home that's what i'm gonna do and i mean we've been trying to change this forever like talk about conspiracy theories. I feel like coronavirus is a conspiracy theory by millennials who wanted to work from home. Like, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Who like are tired a, of two hour commutes both yeah. ways. Right. But um, it's like, it's insane. Like I know so yeah. many people that it's like, how much more productive are you if for four hours a day, you then instead can work instead of drive. Yeah. Like, 
Of course. Or, or it's it's how much more productive am I when my quality of life is that much more improved because I'm not commuting. So I have yeah. time I have time to cook dinner tonight. I have yeah. time to yeah. to spend time with my kids, right? Yeah. Like it that those are the reasons. Those are the, I'll tell you, those are the two main reasons that I want to continue to work from home. I have time to cook and I have time to spend with the girls. Like that that I would much rather do that than stand on the sky train right? with a bunch of other people who also don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and the one guy who seems to be really into the crowd um, so much so that he's shouting things at everybody. <laughs> right. Like, like I can do without that experience. Uh, but for me, I mean, too, I live so close to my work, but even me like being able to be at home and like do my laundry or like, yeah. Do my dishes during the day so that I don't come home and then just I'm so exhausted that I can't do right. Like it's just I don't know. I just I quite yeah. enjoy it as just like overall. Yeah. So, so I, I think like the the teleconferencing, tele telecommuting, tele everything is going to be a much bigger thing. Um, and I I and I, I I think that that's a positive thing. I think there will still also be call for a bunch of people gathering in the same place because they all love the same thing, but um, it doesn't have to be quite as exclusive and it can be a little bit more, more accessible for different people. And I think that that's, I think that's a positive, but I do think that there need to be systems and ways to deal with it um, that still maintain like what I'm talking about, which like that core, what makes Comic-Con special Mm -hmm. because comic-con this year although it was the most different it's ever been there was nothing special about it yeah it's fair I, I watched that star trek panel and the table read was really cool it was really neat that they did that but then they went eh we don't need to make our announcement and they waited until monday because yeah. they have metrics that tell them that like well if we do this on thursday when our panel is scheduled less people are going to see it than if we do it at 9 a.m on monday morning yeah right so that's when they did it. That's because that's what their social media metrics told them to do. So it, it like, yeah, it, but if they, it, but if it were a real physical panel with people in the room, they would have made a different choice. Yeah. I guarantee they would have made a different choice. And so what needs to be captured is why would they have made that different choice? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's because those eyeballs would have been there. They would have been dedicated and people would have been sitting on the other side of that door waiting to hear the news. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That makes um, sense. So, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see if if others can figure this stuff out. It's cel- Star Wars Celebration was supposed to take place at the end of August. We still haven't heard anything from Lucasfilm uh, or Reed Pop about uh, about a virtual conference that's going to take take its place. Um, there are some fan things happening that'll that'll deal with the community side of that, but. Um, but in terms of the official Lucasfilm announcement arm of it, I, I, we haven't heard anything. I do anticipate that there will be something. There will right. be at least a panel of some sort, um, that like some sort of a video that they'll put together to to announce some stuff because they have to. Um, <laughs> they have to. They no yeah. for real. They have to because there are people right now online. The conversation this morning started that. Um, it's funny. Apparently Lucasfilm has decided that they're not going to make any new stuff and they're not going to announce anything because people don't like, because a bunch of people online don't like 
Rise of Skywalker. Now, I think that it's a vocal minority. Uh, I am part of that vocal minority. I don't think that that's any surprise to anybody. Um, I don't think that that Lucasfilm cares as much uh, as as uh, these conspiracy theorists on the internet think. Um, they they're gonna make what they're gonna make regardless of yeah. what people online are saying. Uh, th- uh, that they're said, still making money. Yeah. They did make the Rise of Skywalker as a reaction to, um, to the Last Jedi, but uh, the way that that was received by a certain contingent. But, uh, but yeah, they're not canceling projects. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. That's why they haven't announced anything. Also, guess what? They just announced a new TV show a week ago, right? <laughs> they just announced a new animated series. They also. Uh, Hasbro has announced a whole bunch of new action figures that are coming out that people are really excited about. They, two weeks before that, announced, I think it was two weeks, a whole bunch of Mandalorian stuff uh, from the publishing arm of, like, uh, an original novel uh, uh, that that has to do with the characters from the Mandalorian, visual guide, the art of book. Like, they announced a bunch of stuff. Um, They haven't not announced anything, but there are, but there are people because they haven't announced movies and because last, uh, on the weekend, I guess it came out that, that the movie, the next movie is getting pushed a year. It was going to be 2022. It's now 2023 and the other movies have been pushed as well. Do you know which movie that is? Because I don't know which movie that is. No, we have no idea what movie it is. They haven't announced it yet. We expected that maybe we would hear something at Star Wars Celebration. (laughs) That that's the sort of place that you make that announcement. Right, right, right. They still have to make that announcement somewhere sometime this year. Right. Um, But but we don't know what form that will take. So so who knows? Maybe they'll get it right. Maybe they'll figure it out. But uh, I mean, if anybody was going to get it right, I feel like it would be them. So here's hoping. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, they're also the last ones who need to worry about it because yeah. if they announce, if they announce that that um, they're gonna do a movie about uh, uh, about Luke Skywalker's dog pooping, uh, <laughs> it'll get coverage. Um, That's so upsetting. Yes, yeah. you were correct. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's Star Wars. If you just say we're making a Star Wars movie, it'll be on every website within 15 minutes. <laughs> There's a worse thing right now about leaks and that sort of thing, which is a whole other topic. But, um, oh, geez. About all this stuff getting leaked before it's announced and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we've solved nothing, but we've yeah. certainly criticized a lot, which I think is our job as, as we podcasters. Always, as we always do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. I mean, like, if somebody wants to hire me to, to help solve the problem, I'll gladly contribute everything that I just said. Um, but that's it. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got tonight. Me uh, too. I'm tired. I've been going to bed so early because of this heat wave. Have you? Because I'm just like wiped at the end of the day. I have been going to bed so late because of obnoxious children. I mean, so. that's fair. I don't have obnoxious children. So. A te- teething baby and an almost four-year-old. So. Oh, I miss uh, them so much. Yeah. I. Kara asked tonight when I said that I was, I was like, I have to go. You have to go to bed. I have to go record a podcast. She went, are you recording with Auntie Mandy? Aww. I was like, yes. And she's like, but she's not coming to the house, right? I was Aww. like, no, she's not. Uh, yeah, so so she does. She hasn't forgotten who you are, if, that's, Good. if that I'm means so anything. Glad. Maybe no, Cassie doesn't. has, but. Oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> she can be forgiven because she is yeah. 
just um, absorbing life. Cool. I'm glad. Well, I, I'll come. I'll come see Kara. Yeah. Soon. I uh, well, that's it. That's it for the episode. Yeah. That's it for this week. Hey, it's uh, a long weekend next week. Can we see if we can audible again? We'll see. <laughs> Let's see how we. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. I'm actually like camping next weekend, but I might be. I might be back in time. Maybe we'll, I'll we'll get a guest host. Maybe I'll get somebody else. Oh, maybe yeah. I'll replace you. I was gonna say. I feel like I'm easily replaceable. You can yeah. find. You can figure out. I did most of the talking tonight, and I feel it in my throat. I, oh, I, I mean, you did. You have a lot of opinions, though, yeah. and I mean, it's <laughs> not the first time that that has happened. <laughs> You're just you're just here for the color commentary, basically uh, for the heckling. I come yeah. for the heckling. Yeah. I uh, thank you for listening <laughs> on this one especially. <laughs> uh, I know we say that a lot, but uh, yeah. if I, uh, yeah, how do I how do I even end this show, man? You did I don't most know. of it. In Here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. I'm gonna say this right now. This is the last week. This is the last week that I'm doing this from. <laughs> After this, I'm gonna say, "That's it," you, and then and then it's gonna be a pre-recorded thing because I'm I, I'm hey, tired that's a of having idea, to figure it out every week. But like uh, you should, yeah, we should. I mean, I feel like we're one of the only podcasts in the world that has their extra every single time and every and different every single time. I think sometimes it can be fun, but uh, but I mean, I'm tired. I'm too exhausted. I'm just too tired. <laughs> I. Go to thunderquack.com. Check out all the other great podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Uh, and uh, follow us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash thunderquack. On Twitter, at thunderquackpod. And on Instagram, at thunderquackpodcast. Uh, you can also follow us individually. I'm at aconkin, A-K-O-N-K-I-N. Uh, you can add an 86 to that for Instagram. That first one was Twitter. Mike cut out in the middle of him saying that, so I don't even know if I came in at the right time. I heard oh, you say, did. You did. Okay, yeah. good, because I heard I heard you say Instagram, and I was like, I think that this is my cue. Okay. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, where you can just get inundated with, uh, on Twitter, uh, lots of uh, angry Raylo conversation right now. <laughs> um, uh, and on Instagram, pictures of my kids. If you uh, had started, if you like five years ago when you were listening to this podcast and hearing yeah. Mike and Amanda, who who would you have thought in five years that you'd be actually following on Twitter for Raylo and like commentary? Yeah, I feel like you it's did true. a big one eighty. I love it, Mike. Thank you it's for true. keeping the Raylo alive. So uh, one of us has to. <laughs> if you want to support us, you can do that in three ways. First, by leaving a rating and a review on the podcast service of your choice. Uh, ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, particularly them five star ratings. Stop what you're doing right now. If you you got your phone in your hand already, I know you do. You're scrolling through Instagram while you're listening to this. Okay, stop. Go to your podcast app. Leave the rating and review right now. We'll wait. No, we won't wait. But you can pause it and pretend like we're waiting. Uh, it helps other people find the podcast, which you know that's we we want that grow the community. It's just do us a favor. Do us a solid. It really doesn't do anything for you specifically, but do something for somebody else for a change. It helps out. Yeah. Bully bully listeners. I think that's a good way to get their support. You can also support us by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise, uh, like a a mug or a t-shirt or, you know, a comforter if you want to have a Thunderquack logo on your bed for some reason. Who would? That person. Uh, 
masks aren't going away anytime soon, so you can yeah. still get your Thunderquack mask. Yes. Uh, uh, and stickers. That's one that I never... I talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think, but I never talked about it. People love to buy the stickers because they are cheap. I love um, the stickers. Hey, can, do the masks have the, like, We Are the Spark? Because I think that, that was a cool one. You can get that, yeah. You can yeah. get that as a mask. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, store.thunderquack.com. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack, as I talked about earlier in the show, to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get some cool rewards in the process. I... Uh, that's it thank you everybody who supports us over on patreon thank you to everybody who listens yeah. uh, and we'll be back next week stay safe everybody especially all of our friends in portland uh wash your hands and be kind to one another <laughs>